Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. Welcome, everyone. This is December the 15th, 2023. This is the Shabbat Watch um, on the Global Watch and the International Prayer Room. Everyone is welcome. It is five o'clock Jerusalem time. Michael Nat will actually be leading the watch, but he's asked if I will start the watch by lighting the candles for Shabbat. If you don't have your elements ready, you can get them ready as soon as we've lit the lights. Barukata Adonai Elohim Melakaulam, Asher Kitshana Bilbaro, Venatanano with Yeshua Michigan. Visivano lehiot, le olam. Blessed are you, O Lord our God. Adonai, you are the King of the universe, who have made us holy and sanctified us through your word. You have given us Yeshua, our Messiah, and you have commanded us to be a light to the world around us. We thank you, Yeshim Yeshua. Amen. And over to you, Michael. Let, let's go right into the song. Okay. Lord, we thank you that you are the hope of Israel. You are the light of the world, O God. And we pray, O God, that you would reveal yourself to the people of Israel this year, Lord God. Turn their hearts to you, that they may know you in truth and truly be a light to the nations as you've ordained them to be. Father, we thank you for the season we've been in, Lord God, where we remember your great works in the past. And Lord, we look to you today to do mightier works in our time and in the days ahead. And we thank you, Lord, that we can celebrate and enjoy this Sabbath together in Yeshua's name. Amen. So what I'd like to do today is share a Sabbath meal with you uh, from the word, and then have a time of sharing afterwards, as this uh, will be our last formal watch until the new year. So I'm going to share my screen. Okay, I want to share some insights on the Hebrew language and culture. So as the song we just played, Neskadol Hayasham, uh, we look to the past. A great miracle happened there. So Hebrew language only has two verb tenses. The perfect tense is something that happened in the past. It's completed in the sense of being perfect. But what our song should be going forward is Neskadol Yechiyah Ho. A great miracle will happen here. That's also called the imperfect tense. Uh, but that's our prayer and that's our hope for Israel in this coming year. So I want to share some insights from this great book by Marvin Wilson, Our Father Abraham, Jewish Roots of the Christian Faith. Uh, Marvin Wilson, for over 50 years, has been a professor at Gordon College in the United States and he's still doing it. He's in his 80s, and he has some tremendous insights about the history of the church and how anti-Judaism developed, and some tremendous insights from the Hebrew language. And that's the second part is what I'll be sharing with you. So this is uh, one of his quotes. The roots of Christianity run deep into Hebrew soil, through the Hebrew heritage, uh, though the Hebrew heritage of the church is rich and extensive, many Christians are regrettably uninformed about it. Most of it has been either passively and superficially, or more often, it has simply been left unexplored. So I thank God for the Global Watch and the insights that we've received into the deep historic. Hebrew roots of our faith. 
all that we know about God, about salvation, about the Messiah, the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, the Kohanim, uh, the covenants, the fathers of our faith, the kingdom of God, and even the rites of the Christian faith, baptism and the Lord's Supper, are all based in Hebrew roots. They're all part of Israel's heritage and part of our salvation. I just want to point to one event that changed things. There had been a growing anti-Judaism developing in the church, which was, again, a Hebrew manifestation of God's kingdom on the earth. And it led to this event through, which was convened by Emperor Constantine in about 325 AD. So Marvin Wilson makes this statement about the Council of Nicaea. It, it was to be commended and celebrated for its powerful and bold Christology in rejecting the idea that the Son of God was created, which was a pagan concept, and embracing his deity, which was a Hebraic concept. So that was good. We give them kudos for that. But on the other hand, we must recognize that Nicaea was another step in de-Judaizing the church. It was another step, and these are strong words, in the ethnic cleansing of the New Testament from its Jewish roots. So I thank God that he's opened our eyes, but yet there are many Christians, those who love God, love Jesus, that don't recognize this yet. So I want to make a contrast between the Hebrew and Greek thought. And actually, this conflict is still going on among Jewish people today, as I observe it on a regular basis in the diaspora in my city, as I watch regularly uh, Jewish Kabbalat Shabbat services, which, God willing, I'll do tonight. There's the Hebrew element of loving God. But there's also the Greek element, and we'll describe a little bit of what that is. The Greeks gave us a lot, the language, which is the language of the original New Covenant. They've given us many things, but there, there's a lot that's part of the foundation and structure of the Greek lifestyle, which is not good. Some of these things I hate to bring up, they're terrible, but this Spartan lifestyle of glorifying man. And even that is a concept that's deeply rooted in many Jewish people. We, we trust in man to bring salvation and to bring an end to wars. But God wants to get to the root of things. And I, I won't go into all these things, but it, it was horrible Greek lifestyle. It was a showcase of human talent and literature, drama, poetry, music, architecture, and horrible mistreatment of children. But one of the worst things that the Greek introduced was an idea which comes into play even in our day in modern history, that is humanism, that the human being is the center of all things. And again, many people still have this, many Jewish people still have this at the core of their hearts. That's why they need to be converted as well to their Messiah. So this was the Greek culture, the Greek mindset, and this is very much alive among God's people today. But the Jews had a different vision. The Jews believed that a world united in the belief of one God and ascribing to one absolute standard of moral values, including respect for life, peace, justice, and social responsibility for the weak and poor, even as we prayed in the last hour. The Jewish ideology was wedded to an extreme, uncompromising, exclusivity of worship 
as demanded by the belief in one God and a complete intolerance of polytheistic religious beliefs or practices. There was only one God, and so only one God could be worshipped. End of story. So God is calling his Jewish people back to this to deliver them from the Greek thought. And, and even as I mentioned this, respect for life, it's not a big uh, value for the unborn in many Jewish uh, people, unfortunately. So God needs to deal with them in sometimes drastic ways to bring them back to their roots. Okay, for the Jew, a human being, we were created in the image of God. To the Greeks, gods were made in the image of human beings. To the Jews, the physical world was something to be perfected and elevated spiritually. To the Greeks, the physical world was perfect. In short, to Greeks, what was beautiful was holy. To the Jews, what was holy was beautiful. So all this was reflected in scripture. Scripture reflects a Hebrew mindset. And what we saw in Hanukkah, for example, was the Jewish people in the days of the Maccabees had compromised. The Hellenistic Jews were even to the point of worshiping other gods and sacrificing to other gods. So we, we need to turn back to the ways of God and turn the Jewish people back to the ways of God. So the Hebrews were an energetic, robust, and at times even a turbulent people. They were farmers, fishermen, tradesmen who lived life to the full. And truth was not so much an idea uh, to be contemplated. It was an experience to be lived. And again, much of Christianity is an adherence to creeds and ideas. But what the Lord wants for us as his people and for Israel is to experience the God, their God, and be converted as sons of God to worship him with all their mind, heart, soul, and strength. So I'm going to talk about Hebrew language. There, there are many concepts in the Hebrew which are not readily understood in, in some of the English translations. And just the Hebraeums, the abstract thoughts, and the physical understanding. For example, in Genesis 22.4, where many English versions will say, look, it actually means to lift up the eyes. To be angry is to burn in one's nostrils. To reveal is to unstop someone's ears. To have no compassion is hard-heartedness. So again, the Greek mindset, it, it, it's, it's more like two-dimensional, but God wants a full embracing of him. And if we remember the King James, to get ready is to gird up the loins, to be determined is to set one's face. And in scripture, there are many anthropomorphisms, which are is attributing human characteristics uh, or behavior to God. For example, the Ten Commandments were inscribed by the finger of God. Isaiah speaks about the arm of the Lord not being too short to save, nor his ears too dull to hear. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Where a modern translation might state it like this, the Lord is watching everywhere. But the eyes of the Lord, it's a more intense three-dimensional picture of what God is like. So again, in Hebrew thought, 
true godliness is related to a relationship with God, not a creed. Now, I like creeds because they help capsulize truths. And there's really a dearth of understanding among believers about many of the truths of the faith. The importance that Jesus, as we said earlier from the Council of Nicaea, had to be God incarnate to accomplish our salvation. Concerning the resurrection, many Christians today don't, if you would interview, I'm sure about 50% couldn't give you a concise answer of why Jesus had to be raised from the dead. So these understandings are important. But more important is our relationship with the God who is truth. So the Hebrews were very visceral. As Paul even writes, the Jews require a sign to see something, to experience something. And even in Hebrew thought and in scripture, it mentions different body parts. The heart can love, fear, sin. The bowels or intestines feel anguish. The liver may experience the horror of Jerusalem's fall, and the kidneys may rejoice. And when we read about David, he was a man given uh, to much emotion, and about 30% of the Psalms uh, speak of his intense anguish at times. David was able to experience this, and he was able to rejoice and leap before the Lord. Again, a, a lot of Christian traditions are very staid and tame, but that's not who God is. God is a lion and a lamb. And even the holidays, these were to be experienced with great rejoicing. Sabbath is a time of rejoicing. Hanukkah, which we've just come through, is a time of rejoicing as we we read in uh, as we heard in that song of the freedom that was won and again i mentioned about poetry and there's a lot of metaphors that speak of the richness of the language so for example joy says all the trees of the hand uh, feel will clap their hands uh, it brings just such a rich visual understanding of God and how he interacts with us. The mountains sing. God hides us in the shadow of his wings. Stars fight and mountains skip and heavens declare the glory of God. Greeks often thought in what is known as block logic. Things are very systematic and Things had to be explained, whereas the Hebrew thought they were comfortable with ambiguity, with uh, paradoxes. For example, in Exodus, it said that Pharaoh hardened his heart, but God hardened his heart. They can deal with these complexities. That the Messiah is both the Lamb of God and the Lion of the tribe of Judah. So God wants to experience his richness in his word through having more of a Hebrew mindset. So the Hebrew mindset, again, is comfortable in handling paradoxes. So we know that the old covenant was a type and a shadow of the real, of the new covenant. But I'd like to suggest that sometimes as Greek-oriented Christians, we can embrace a shadow when God is calling us to embrace a person. We can embrace creeds. We can embrace theology, which again, I believe is very important, but it's a shadow of who he is. So that's what God is calling us to. I'm winding down. I just want to share a couple of insights from Alyosha's great book, which uh, particularly emphasizes the difference between the Greek and the Hebrew mindset. He taught this about two months ago 
about the difference between the right and the left. As David said, I have set the Lord always before me. He is at my right hand, or more literally, he is at my right. I shall not be moved. And then in Ecclesiastes, Solomon contrasts the difference between the right and the left. Lev hakam lemim no velev esil lesi molo. So what this really is saying, lev is heart. And hakam is wise heart. Le is to the right. Le mino. And lev kasil or fools, is to the left. And God has created us both left-brained and right-brained. Now, I've, I've spoke pretty disparagingly about the Greek mindset, but let's give thanks for the logic and reason that God gives us. But God is calling us in a greater way to embrace the ambiguities, the intuitive part in knowing God in our spirit and not be mind dominated. So Alyosha gave this great example from Ezekiel about the four creatures. Each had a face of a man and each had the face of a lion. And notice who is on the right side and who is on the left. The lion is on the right side and the ox on the left. And then he asked this question, who is the servant and who is the ruler? So we need to be people led by the spirit, rooted in the Hebrew context of the word of God and our mind, our logic, which also comes into play, even as Paul did on Mars Hill, is subservient to that. I'm just going to share one more insight. We know that Jesus said that the scriptures speak about him. He told the Jewish leaders who studied the scriptures diligently, even today, people spend their entire day studying Torah and Talmud. And he acknowledged that you study them because in them you think you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. And maybe you've seen uh, these writings about how Jesus is represented in each of the books of the Bible. Every word, he is the word. Everything in the old covenant speaks of him. And we pray, God, that you would open the eyes of the blind. Open your light, light the candle of understanding in the hearts and souls and spirit, which is the spirit of man, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. They would embrace you in Yeshua's name. So Jesus said the scriptures speak of him. And when he was speaking to the disciples on the road, road to Emmaus, he began with Moses and all the prophets, and for the Jewish people, the prophets actually begin in Joshua. He explained to them what was said in scripture concerning himself. So I want to share one final insight with you, courtesy of Chuck Missler. He went through the genealogy in Genesis 5 of the first 10 men in the genealogy of Christ, starting from Adam to Noah. And he gave the definition of their names. And if you read it together, this is what God says in the Torah. Man, Adam, is appointed mortal, sorrow. The blessed God shall come, teaching. Methuselah means his death shall bring Lamak is the despairing, Noah comfort and rest. Okay, so I, I hope 
that was useful. I'll be posting the notes so you can go back and, and watch them. So I just want to open it up now for anyone that wants to share something. Again, this is a, a Sabbath. Hopefully this was a good meal, not too dry, I hope, uh, but something that we can meditate on and consider that God may show us wondrous things from his word. So anybody that would like to share, to pray, again, this is our last meeting. Anything that you'd like to give thanks to God for what he's accomplished this year, things that you are looking to him for the next year. Go ahead, Amy. I, I am now in the middle of reading that book and you can't just read it. It's like yeah. you read one page or half a page and your mind is totally blown. But I wanted to just, one of those scriptures you, you were bringing up, a companion is Proverbs 28, 26, because he was talking about how the heart is compared to the hand and the mind compared uh, to the thinking, the Greek thinking, the left side, and Jesus is at the right hand, and, and how whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. And I was thinking that's revelatory, that's God's revelation to show us how to walk so that we don't walk foolishly, because like you said, the scribes and the Pharisees all had the word, and he said, you won't come to me, and it's just, Father, I pray you just open up our minds to understand the revelation of Jesus in every word in the scriptures, that when you spoke life, but you also spoke conviction to show us the way to go, you are the tree of life. And the, the word of God is literally life and healing and restoration and beauty and, and also showing us how to conduct warfare. So I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you for uh, Michael's presentation and alerting us to these valuable resources that we can begin to impart to others. Just that revelation of, of, of uh, Yahweh, meaning behold the hand, behold the nail. Mm. I just was blown away that from the very beginning, God help us to see, and it draws us Lord, you are drawing us. We are thirsty for more of you. And I thank you for this living water that you have poured out today, that you are pouring out through others as we come together and share so that we might pour out on others. Lord, spreading this flood, you are flooding the earth. This is the glory of the Lord will be seen throughout the earth. And this is your glory. And we thank you, God. We thank you, thank you, thank you, and worship you. Uh, I, I'm so grateful for the Global Watch family. I'm blown away how God, he, he leads us and he gets us where we need to be, when we need to be there. And um, I started on the Global Watch in January of last year. And I feel like I've um, jumped in a river of the rapids. It, and it, I, I'm just like, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for all the people that have so many gifts and they're willing to just offer their authentic, there's so much authenticity. So I'm just so grateful. I'm in a new season of life. I just retired, was supposed to be in Israel during this time. That had been my plan, but I'm so grateful that I was led to this family because it's just carried me uh, through this time um, where I thought I was going to Israel, but didn't, but could still stay in the flow of what was going on. So Father Abba, as Hannah put, prays, I love to come to you as Abba because you truly are Abba, the one who just leads and guides and Lord protects and provides and orders our every single step. And you always have our best. Lord, many years ago, you gave me the scripture 
that said, I will lead you along the best pathway. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful, God, for your incredible love. I'm so grateful for um, this Global Watch family. I'm so grateful, God, for Lord, just what you are doing in each and every heart. Lord, yeah, I could go on and on, God. I just say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just pray in your incredible name, Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Karen. Shoshana. Yes, I hope you hear me. <laughs> After a four-hour drive. God, I'm very grateful for this year. And the the food you gave us even now, what uh, Mike said, it was so delicious. And I thank you for strengthening us and taking us higher, but at the same time, deeper into your truth, into your life, deeper at your spring and as, as to your living water. I thank you for nourishing us and that we could train our muscles and train our spiritual muscles and that we grew in I think each of us, as I see, and when I go through the names and to the people, I see each of them, like Karen said, that the growth that that they grew in this last year and that we could take a higher measure of your gifts and everything you gave us, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling us and opening us our eyes, giving us sharpness, spirit of discernment, and yeah, deeper knowledge about your love and about what is going on in the world, what is your plan, what is on your heart, taking us really close to your heart. I thank you for this, and I, I really. I'm so in awe. I'm also so in awe for all the miracles you already did in Israel besides the grief, but there were a lot of miracles. And I thank you for this, that we have a part in this, that we have this grace to have a part in this. And I thank you, Yeshua, that you gave your life for us, that we can be one and one family too. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Shoshana. Molly. Thank you so much, Michael. I was just sitting here. I just felt like you served us all a very rich Christmas cake. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of Christmas cake, but it was so rich, so rich. Always when the Hebrew uh, roots and the Hebrew words and meanings have brought such depth of knowledge of understanding and reminded me of the scripture in Colossians 1 uh, where Paul is praying for the church. It's an apostolic prayer for the church and uh, for the body of Christ, the ecclesia from verse 9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to all, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I understand now that this was a necessary prayer, a prophetic prayer that he prayed that we, the body, as we grow over the years and as we've read this episode and um, read these books and, the, and that which is written to the body of Christ is to receive more of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I'm so grateful that Dr. Fred, always when he prays, he releases that over us, this apostolic prayer on the Global Watch family in that we grow in the spiritual spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Yeshua. It's come to a point that even as we ask for the daily bread, I sense the deep hunger that I must know you, Yeshua, more than I did yesterday. 
that there is something about you when I come into that throne room, when I encounter you, that there is something about you that I so desperately need to have, to grow in that spiritual wisdom and to do those good works that you've written uh, in my book or the power of the Holy Spirit that empowers us for that good work. And that we are to continue in the increasing of the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, which we need in the body of Christ right now, according to his glorious power, enduring everything with perseverance and patience, joyfully, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled us to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in the light. And I want to thank you, Michael. Thank you for all my Jewish brothers and sisters who introduced the Gentiles among us, all of us, to understand the, the Hebraic roots and the word and the meaning and the revelation of the word of God coming with such depth and clarity and meaning that it, it is a partaking among the saints of this knowledge so that we can excel that spirit of excellence in the sound wisdom of God is being then shared to the rest of the world in the love, in the glory of his knowledge, the knowledge of his glory that we as his saints are imparting to the rest of the world. So Father, we just want to thank you for that, that this inheritance that you've given us is bringing us into that fullness of the stature of Christ. Thank you so much for the Hebrew words and Hebrew language and the Hebrew Messiah, the, our Jewish roots. Father, if there's one thing I'm grateful, I'm so grateful today that, that this knowledge is being shared about you. And thank you for giving us more of your spirit of wisdom and revelation. And we pray, Father God, that we will continue to give this and pass it to the generations. As Michael, you read about the lineage and there is a passing down of these blessings and covenants. Father, we pray and ask for our children. And as the scripture says in Psalms, Lord, and Isaiah, the words that you put in my mouth shall not depart from me, nor from my children, nor from my children's yes. children. Oh. So, Father, we are asking that these words of your revelation, of your knowledge of who you are, the depths of your love, the depths of your mercy, the depths of your kindness, the depths of your kassid, loving kindness that endures forever, the goodness of God. Lord, this, we can't have enough of you, Lord. So we're so grateful that this is a rich meal that, Lord, yes, we, we begin to see as even as we're speaking that all our needs are met according to your riches in glory. You are rich in glory. And I pray that you release this glory, the riches of your glory. There are not just our needs are met according to it. And so, Father, we are just so grateful this coming year. We're stepping into glory, realms of God in the throne room, encountering the angelic hosts, the living creatures, Lord, sitting with this gathering of the just men made perfect. And, oh, Father God, in your presence, and so, Father, that is our desire. That is our desire. And I thank you, Lord, for iron sharpening iron and for every uh, brother and sister family that you've raised up in Global Watch, that you take us from glory to glory. Bless everyone, Father, and every family. Lord, we thank you that, the, that Lord, your word will come to pass through us that the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We receive that blessing for us and our families. Shantha, go ahead. 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We praise you, Lord. You are so awesome. And everything you do is new every morning. There's not a day that is repeated because you are a creator, Lord. And so, Father, we just thank you for 2023. Every day has been new, Lord, and you have seeded into our hearts to grow daily. And Father God, we pray as we go into 2024 that you will reveal more of yourself, Father God, and that we'll know who you are. Even though Israel has decided not to celebrate during this Christmas time, Father, we know the whole of heaven is celebrating because because of Yeshua coming, dying and rising again, we are here. So Father, we pray that the heavens will declare the glory of God. And Father, we pray that you'll show signs and wonders and have a mighty heavenly supernatural fireworks in the heavenlies that people have to look up, Lord, because the earth is absolutely in chaos. But they can look up when they see the signs that you are God seated on the throne and you are the creator of everything on earth and be even below the earth so we thank you we praise you we magnify you we look for this miracle during this season lord the heavens opening up and heavens declaring the glory we thank you for everyone on the global wash and we pray for peace that only comes from knowing you yeshua our messiah so we thank you lord for every word that has been shared and it will not come back void. Bless every soul, especially Israel today, no matter how deep in mourning they are, to lift up, look up the heavens and say, you are there, their father, the God of Israel and Yeshua, their Messiah. We thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. We give you all the glory, Lord. In the mighty name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that prayer, Shantha. Lena, go ahead. Um, Psalm 55 says, gather to me consecrated ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And uh, David Damien's from Watchmen for the Nation you used this verse at least often in, in this year. And, um, and, and if you guys have seen the post regarding this, this sat satanic kind of worship warlock coming to Jesus. It's a three-hour interview that is really informative, and he talks about the power of the church when the church comes together in a covenant relationship and the power of their prayers, and it spoke to me about how we on the Global Watch have this covenant together, this commitment, this global watch, this commitment to the Global Watch, and the power uh, even more than I ever thought of with the verse where two or three gathered in my name. There's, I'm just coming into greater understanding and so grateful of the Global Watch and grateful for the commitment, grateful for the iron sharpens iron and how much I have learned through the years and just the authority, the greater authority that we're walking in and the effectiveness of our prayers because of our unity. So I thank you, Lord, for all of this. I thank you for your teachings. I thank you for shifting our minds from the Greek mindset to your mindset, your kingdom mindset. Thank you, Jesus, for the prayers of the saints that have even affected my heart into turning more, wanting to know you more like Molly was praying, just wanting to, wanting it all to be about you, about eating from the tree of life, about receiving from you, being nourished directly from you, Holy Spirit, and living this connection living in this abiding relationship with you and out of the re this relationship seeing life and living life and even worshiping you in the way we live because we live in this place of abiding in you lord i i thank you for every year in our lives that has brought us into greater intimacy and the knowing the knowledge of you and may our every breath continue to serve you and your kingdom for the glory of your name, Father, among the nations, that every tribe, every nation will uh, be before your throne, bringing their worship to you and only you, Father, only you, Jesus, Holy Spirit, are worthy of our worship. Amen. Thank you, Lena. Bill and Shirley, we'll go to you. We'll do Mary, Katya, 
and then we'll go into communion. So okay. uh, please get your elements. I just wanted to say, um, we received so much from Alyosha Rabinov. He is such a blessing. And for those that are interested, he teaches a Torah study every Saturday from his home. This week they're on vacation. They are, they said, said that they had a great need for their rest and relaxation for the week. But we, they gave us the, the, the whole catalog of what he's taught over the last two years. And I was really surprised because I thought it would be the portions of the Torah that we study each week, but it's actually the study of the prophets of the book of Ruth and the book of Esther. So it is a wealth of information for those that would like to contact them on Signal and just ask to be a part of that group. Father, I thank you for Alyosha and Jody Robinov. And we do pray, Father, that they would be refreshed and renewed in their strength, their mind and their body. Father, I pray that as they have pulled away for the week, that they would have deep and rich encounters with you. And we just thank you and praise you, Father, for keeping them in safety as they've traveled, um, even through the time of the, the war from the United States back to Israel and are ministering in such a phenomenal way among the Holocaust survivors. And Father, we just pray that your hand would rest mightily upon them and that there be increase of anointing on both of them. And we thank you for them in the name of Yeshua. Lord, I thank you that the words you speak, those words are you. You are those words, those very words. And when we receive them and yield to them, what you say becomes part of us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that when we pray and you are the originator of those prayers, they have such power because they are part of you. Because they're based on your word and your truth. So it changes times and seasons and nations and hearts and lives. Thank you that you trust us with all that, that you trust us to pray from your heart and it changes things because it's your power in the words you speak through us and give us to speak. You are such a humble, wonderful God and Father. Thank you that we are your children. We are the work of your hands. And you just so lovingly hold us and keep us together so that you can flow through us because you are just so magnificent and perfect and complete. You are goodness itself. You are a heart of gold. You are all giving. And your desire is for us to be free, to be joy-filled, to run and to dance and to skip and to laugh and to sing joyfully because you are our God and you dwell in us. Christ, you live in us and the whole of your word is in us. Thank you that all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies are ours in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you that you will teach us how to access them and to walk in them, and to delight in them. Father, I thank you for this year. Mm. I thank you for the graces and blessings, 
And I just want to repent for every grace and blessing that I have forfeited or missed. And I thank you for the graces and blessings for the coming year. And I thank you that you are in everything we do because we are one with you. We walk with you and in you. And we stand with you and in you. I thank you for the name Jesus that you have entrusted to us, but you just have not entrusted us with the name Jesus, but we actually stand in the name Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your completeness, your wholeness. You are such a good God. You are wonderful to behold. We have tasted of you and you truly are sweet. Thank you, Lord, that you knit us together in love with each part supplying and everything is you, Christ our Lord. Thank you that we can focus on you and you bring all to being. You bring it all together. Thank you that you bring all things together for good for us who love you and are called according to your purpose. We just want to glorify your holy name for you are holy and truly holy is your name. Amen. Thank you for those prayers, Mary. Uh, Katya will conclude our sharing and then I'll turn it over to Bill to lead us in communion. Hi, everyone who hasn't been there on the previous watch. Some, I, I'm very grateful for the word. Uh, thank you, Michael. And I was sharing with someone yesterday. I said, I'm not a member of a Messianic fellowship, but I have so many friends in different cities that are from Messianic, the Messianic flow. Most of my friends, I would say. And that's not by chance. It's I like the culture, the Hebrew culture. It's in this way, the heart culture and the personal things. It's very close to our culture here in Russia because we're people of the heart. There's something that really touched me of what you shared, Michael. It's that in the Greek mentality, especially in those years, the Sparta years, Beautiful means holy. Whatever is beautiful is holy. And in Hebrew, Hebraic mindset, um, holy is considered beautiful. And that brought up two things that are so important to me. One is when I received Jesus, I called him into my life 30 years ago. Uh, the first thing that I saw him with my heart and the first thing that really just blew my mind and my whole being is that he is so beautiful because he is holy. I remember I shared this in my testimony many times. I said these words that Jesus is so beautiful because he is holy. And I fell in love with his holiness and I realized that I'm a sinner right then. And so I just fell in love with his holiness. And so I understand this from the core of my being. And also, the other day we were praying about the foundations of the Orthodox faith in Russia. And I realized that the foundation was that um, the prince or king at that time, Vladimir, he baptized the whole nation. And I was comparing it to Armenia because that was also a conversion of the whole nation. But unlike Armenia, what he, why the reason why he chose Christianity because it was so outwardly beautiful. He had a list of different religion, religions, and there were many other reasons probably, but one of the main reasons, if you've seen the Orthodox Church, the cupolas are so uh, golden and all the icons are so beautiful. And I was talking to a wonderful sister the other day and she said, I came into the Orthodox Church once and it was just so beautiful, but most people there are not saved. That's the only problem with it because they don't believe in salvation by faith. Therefore, they're not, they're waiting till they die and stand before God. And then they, he will tell them how many good things they've done and how many bad things. So it's the outward 
was the beauty. It was something that captured the, the heart of this king, and he wanted to have this religion that is so beautiful. I want to pray for the Christmas season. There are so many beautiful things. I just love the lights and the tree, the Christmas tree. And it is it is beautiful. But I want it to be for our heart. Holy is beautiful. You know what I mean? It just brought all this together. It made a little sermon in my mind. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for this. Lord Jesus, you're so beautiful. I thank you for the year that we've lived, for the hard times and the good times. Like in a good marriage, Lord, we are with you in, in richness and in poverty, in good health and in, in sickness, in good times and bad times. We are always with you because we're married to you. We're in a covenant and we love you and you are beautiful. You're absolutely beautiful, Lord. You're the creator of beauty. You are light that created light. You shine from within yourself. And I give you my praise and I give you my heart. Lord, and I pray for all the Christians all over the world that we will see your holiness as beautiful, that holy in our eyes will be beautiful, not in, in the worldly way. Things are beautiful, the lights, the uh, Christmas. It's such a season when we have a lot of outward things that are beautiful, but I pray that our hearts will be connected with you deeply. I thank you for each time in this year that we had an encounter with you or were touched uh, deeply by you, Holy Spirit. And I pray that this Christmas season will be such a season of encounters with you, that you, Holy Spirit, please bring us closer to Jesus, that we will be so one with him that um, we will be overwhelmed more than with the outward beauty of outward things. Jesus, you are so worthy of praise. You're the only one who's worthy of praise. You're the only one who is truly beautiful. And you are creator of all beauty. Glory to you, my God. May the next year be the year when we see the beauty of your holiness in our lives. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Beautiful prayer. Bill, please lead us in communion and the ironic benediction. Everyone has your elements. Whoever does. Hey, while we're waiting, I just need to jump in for a minute. I want to thank every single one of you because you're helping form who I really am. I'm being restored back to who God made me, and I want to thank you for every part each of you play in that. You just have become very dear to me. I will probably post something on the signal, but I can see your faces now, and I just love you so much. We are a mishpaha. We are a family now, truly. Thank you. Father, we thank you for this time right now, and we looked up the bread, Lord, representing your body, your broken body, how beyond words you are, Lord, and we partake together. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. You are the bread of heaven. And we partake of your symbolic broken body in Yeshua's name. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam, Barei pari ha'gafen, blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. And again, Lord, your free gift of salvation is so gracious of you to impart to us in your atoning blood, Lord, atoning our sin, our sinfulness, and making us alive in you with your obedience. And we pray as we partake of your blood now in Yeshua's name. Ya eradonai panabelecha, beachunecha, Yisa adonai panabelecha, beasemlecha, shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to smile upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bless you with peace, with shalom. Beshem Yeshua HaMashiach, in the name of Jesus.
our Lord. Amen. Amen. Everybody on mute, pray God's blessing. Thank you.